Daddy, thank you so much once again for this opportunity that we have to even come and just hear your word and your heart for us freely. It's such a blessing for us. And so right now I just pray over Pastor Gideon and he's, as he's about to share your heart, I just pray that you just touch his lips, touch his voice, everything that he needs to communicate this word, that he communicates your heart accurately, Lord just the way you want us to hear it. I just pray for the hearts of the people in this auditorium that they will be ready to receive it. Um, and also we just pray for Pastor Louis and them traveling back tomorrow. We just pray for your protection over them. Thank you so much that they're able to do this. And yeah, just thank you, Daddy. In your mighty name I pray, amen. Thank you so much, Leah. Appreciate it. I was sitting there and um, I'm thinking... And I'm trusting that the Lord will bring us back to the place where we came out of. I know with announcements and things like that, sometimes we tend to drift off a bit. But I feel the Lord wants us to come back, to drift in there for the word. So I know Leah just prayed, but if you can maybe just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, thank you that as we're going to your word now, thank you that we have offering and we've got announcements where we can also worship you through that. But I pray that you will take us back into that tender, tender place now. As we hear what you have got to say to us, we thank you, Lord. Thank you that you fill us now, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. There's a reason I, I, I do that is because... Two weeks ago, I don't know if you remember, for those who was here or were here, I preached on the, the theme, be ready to be sent. Be ready to be sent. And I started out by saying we need to be ready from a place of at being at the Father's feet. That's where we are ready to be sent. And as I was preparing for tonight's sermon, because it's holiday, it's so nice. It's generic. And the only thing I could get to my mind the whole time is to stick to the theme, but tonight, be ready to love. And we sometimes hear this and we think, mm, you know, we make it less than what it is. And it's not rocket science. You'll hear tonight, really, it's not rocket science to love the person next to you or the person in front of you. But what needs to come across tonight and something where we need to move to to the end of the sermon. So I'm giving you a bit of a little seed. So throughout the whole sermon, this is what you need to have in the back of your mind. I need to move to a place to love the person in front of me. Not that we don't do it, but we need to be more intentional that there's someone in front of me and I need to love this person. And um, I know, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, there's a, there was a, a friend here once who preached, his name's Ramon, he's from the Bikers Church. And um, one night he preached here and he says, when you preach, you use a story. And to emphasize what you want to bring across, you use another story. And just as you think you're going to the end, you use another story. That's how tonight's going to be. We're going to tell some stories, but it's usually stories that move us. And it's stories that impact our lives to get us to a place where we move, where we act, or where when we respond. How many of you sometimes hear a story and then you just start crying while you hear it? It's because you just heard a story. 
someone shared it and it was it touched your heart or sometimes you hear a story and you start laughing uncontrollably I know sometimes my wife sends voice notes to the family group but she laughs so much while she's sending this voice note nobody can hear what she says so we all just start laughing while she's laughing and at the end you're like what was she actually saying you know because it was just a lot of laughter but I love it she laughs she loves sweet. I can say it, you know, it's one of the reasons I fell in love with her. So the first story tonight is in Luke 8. You're welcome to turn there if you want to. It's Luke 8 verse 40 to 50. I'm going to do some reading and it's regarding the woman that was bleeding. Now remember, I'm going to give you two examples how Jesus loved the person in front of him. That's what you must keep in the back of your mind the whole time. It goes and it says the following. Now, when Jesus returned, so first, okay, so he comes from a place where he just cast out the demons, and the demons went into all the pigs, and the pigs went off the cliff, okay? Not so good for the farmers, but it was an incredible story. Um, Impacted a lot of people's lives. So now he's here, and it says the following in verse 40. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. Jesus didn't say, I'm not coming. Listen. As Jesus was on his way, so he dropped everything and he says, let's go to your house. We pick up that Jesus loves the person in front of him. He was busy with a lot of people around him. And here comes a guy and says, my daughter is sick. And Jesus says, I'm coming. So already there we see that he's coming. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. So it's been a long time of suffering. A long time of in the in the situation that she found herself in. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Immediately it stopped because she had faith. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Okay, so now we at a U2 concert, we're walking and you feel someone touches you as you walk into the gates or you're at Loftus going to a rugby or a soccer game. Someone touches you and you turn around and you say, who touched me? It's going to look funny, right? Okay, so Jesus turns around and he says, who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, master, The people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know the power has gone out from me. Jesus felt power come out from him. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. I will give you the revelation about that just now. Because when I read this, I was like, wow, incredible. So remember this. And um, yeah, so she fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. So not just was it a story of maybe she felt a bit embarrassed, but it's also a story of a miracle that happened right there as Jesus was on his way to another person's house, Jairus. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So here's a couple of things that stand out here for me. One, this lady, she fought to get to Jesus. And while I was reading this, it might not have got so much to do with 
with the storyline of, of loving the person in front of you. But you know what? So many times we go through the rigmarole and we just move with the crowds, with Jesus. And things are normal. You know, we're just walking around and we get used to how things are. But this woman was desperate. And she pressed in hard enough so that she knew that if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. What situation are we finding ourselves in tonight? What situation are you finding yourself in? Where you think, I just need to press in. Are we pressing in hard enough? Are we pressing in close enough? Are we pressing in so much that when we touch Jesus' cloak that he can say, I felt it. Because it goes both ways. So that's the first thing. It's just interesting. But what I want to bring across in this story, here's the thing. I don't know how many of you know what happens in the Jewish culture. When a woman like this lady was, in, was bleeding, a man was not allowed to touch her. Neither was she allowed to touch a man or come close to them. So the fact that she came and pressed in, that was why she was trembling when eventually she says, I'm the one. Because she would have gotten into deep trouble in doing that. A man was not allowed to be close to his wife in this time of the month. Sorry for the, all the kids' education. But that is what happened. So now we're in a situation where this woman has touched Jesus and he turns around. So what was such a revelation for me is, is the fact that Jesus turned around. He went against the whole thing of society, against what the religious views were. And he says, who touched me? And he made it public how he loves this woman. He made it public. He stopped and he says, did you touch me? Tell me why you touched me. Not just she had to explain the story. She explained to them what happened and she told everybody how she was healed. And then he goes and he says, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Isn't it incredible when he touched her, she had peace. Go in peace. For 12 years, she was alone. Because if she wasn't allowed to come close to any men, she would have been alone a lot long. And I realized when Jesus came and he said, go in peace, he gave her peace to go. And what I learned from this is when Jesus comes, because we all want to be like Jesus, right? We want to stand in front of the Father. We want to stand before Father God like Jesus saying, Lord, we did everything you said we must do like Jesus did. Make me more like Jesus. So now I'm standing and I'm thinking, Lord, how do you use me in a society, in a religious society or just in the norm of how society thinks? That when I see someone that I love him as much, will I stand and love as much that it will go against what society thinks or what the religious views are. But love conquers all. Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus didn't give us steps how to love our neighbors. He just said, love your neighbor. Because when I'm in front of someone, the Holy Spirit unctions us to love that person that's in front of us. It sometimes differs what I did today. Today I might love Olivia and one day I might hang up the washing. Tomorrow I might do the dishes or just sit next to her, look in her eyes. It's different forms of love to the person in front of you. How do you show that love? That's the first story. 
Second story is this. It's quite interesting. It's, we're going to read in John 11, verse 32. If you want to turn there, you're more than welcome. So it's a story about Lazarus. A lot of you know this. I don't know if you know, there's a song years ago, Lazarus Come Forth, um, where the guys sang it. It was a beautiful song. Um, loved it. Nice video to go and watch. So if you want to go on YouTube, it's awesome. So we're going to read from verse 32. It says the following. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. Just to give you background, this Mary is not Jesus' mother, Mary. There's a story in the Bible where a lady came in and washed Jesus' feet with oil. And she dried his feet with her hair. So she had nice long hair, obviously because it was enough to dry his feet with oil. This is the Mary that we speak of here. So she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. When Jesus saw her weeping and he saw the Jews that had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. You see, this, this caught Jesus' attention. He saw the people weeping. He saw how distressed they were and him himself was deeply moved. So she says, come and see, Lord, they replied in verse 35. Listen to this. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. I'll hear a lot of times that when we, we need to do something about this alarm. I hear a lot of times that when we show something in public, it's not a good thing. Because sometimes it makes us look bigger. And we're never allowed to look bigger than God. We always should give Jesus glory. But something I see here is very different. When it comes to loving people and the way Jesus did, it looks very public to me. Like when we're going on the Human Rights Day, the guys are going out and they're going to go and give things to the public. They're going to public spaces where people are working on that day, but they're going to publicly go and show them love. It's not so that we look great. It's because we want to share God's love with the people around us. And something I see here that's incredible is just how Jesus stopped in that moment, and he wept, and he cried, because he saw the, the distress that they have, the pain that they have. And that's something I learned from him and that I'll always learn from him. It's just how he loves the person in front of him. How Jesus just comes and he says, Yo. so this guy is dead already. Jesus has walked here. They say that he started smelling. If you read the rest of the chapter, he was starting to smell already. And Jesus said, move, move, move the rock. I want to call him out. But what moved Jesus was the other people. He had compassion for them and he wept for them. You know what's so interesting about this? If you look at how the Greek mythology in that day was, um, a god would not show mercy or involvement with his people. And yet here comes Jesus, what's so beautiful for me, and he comes and he shows mercy. And he shows full involvement, engagement. He is God. 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Son of God. He's fully God. And he comes and he's fully involved in the situation to the place where he's frustrated, to the place where he's compassionate, to the place where he shows sorrow. If Jesus did this and he was moved to this point, how much more can we be moved in public to show someone love? And again, it goes in various forms. I know that sometimes God might come upon you, the Holy Spirit might unction you to love someone at work that goes completely against what the people at work will think. But then later, when you gave someone love or showed them love, that person comes to you and he says, no one ever at work has shown me this, or nobody ever on this campus has showed me this love or compassion, what you just did. What do you have that I don't have? And that's where it, it hits. Then we can say, but I have Jesus. I can smile, I can love because of what he's done for me. We should show our compassion to the people around us. That is what Jesus showed us. And um, I really just believe that the Lord wants to stir us tonight to help us to get to a place where, you know what? I need to love the person in front of me. When I see this person in front of me, how do I show love? What do I do? And it comes in various forms. I know I've said it a lot tonight, but I, I need to emphasize this. You cannot love one person the same as to this person. This person needs love in a different way. But thank you, Lord, that we've got the Holy Spirit who shows us love this person in this way. Or just do this for this person. There's so many different ways how we can show love to the people around us. That's why the Holy Spirit is here. I want to read something to you in closing. Or actually, I want to tell you two stories, and then I want to read something to you. So um, I've been on this journey in a book from, I don't know if you know this guy called Bob Goff. Um, you have to say his name very slowly because it's a bit of a tongue twister. But just to give you a background of this guy, because I felt that I want to share something with you from the Bible, from Jesus' life. I'm not comparing Bob with Jesus at all. But what I want to bring across is Bob is living in our time and age. And he's just, he was interviewed the other day by Craig Rochelle. Just how do you love people and how do you lead people by loving them? Because he just does things very differently and he's very creative in it. So Bob, to give you an idea, um, he's a lawyer. He's got every, you know, he, he starts a lot of things. He starts, you know, I want to fly, so he starts flying. He's got his own airline, and he starts things like that. He's not scared to do things. His son goes skydiving, um, and next time he climbs in the plane with his son, I will never do that. He climbs in the plane with his son. <laughs> Don't even get that one sleeping because he's the one that wants to do it. I will not get in a plane with him. But his son jumps out the plane the one time, and there he jumps out with his son. He went for skydiving lessons just to do things with his kids. He's 52 years old. So this guy has got two stories that I want to share with you tonight, and I hope I do this justice because I need to bring this across well. So the first story is Bob sells his house, and they move to the house across the street. They just want a better view. That's what he said. So as he moves across, now... They're getting a new neighbor. So he says it's very important who becomes your neighbor, especially if they're going to live next to you. So they're trying to find out who's the right neighbor. And eventually, there's this single lady 
that comes and buys the house. And immediately Bob and his family takes her like under their wing and they start taking care of her. She's single and they be more there for her. And lo and behold, at some stage, this lady gets diagnosed with cancer. Now Bob and his family are stretched to love this lady more. And they start doing that. And it gets to a point where she needs to stay at home. She goes for operation after operation. And he does something different. He gets a walkie-talkie. And he gives her a walkie-talkie, and he's got one at home. So they don't dial each other or anything like that. It's like, come in, come in. You know how people talk on walkie-talkie. It's good times. It's good fun. Just different because it takes her mind off what's happening with her currently. Still talking like over a phone, but just different. So he shows her love through that. Then they go and visit in the hospital, him and his family. And again, she's bedridden. She just went through a lot of operations. So he sneaks in. He puts the walkie-talkie next to her bed. And he goes and lies on the bed next to her with the curtain closed. And he's like, are you there? Are you there? And she scrambles for it because, you know, lifts her spirit. Eventually, she had to go home. And... um, yeah, so, so they had a, a, a street, like not a, a march. Once a year, they would walk in their streets like a parade. Um, big in their street. They've got a big community thing going. And she was just at home. And she couldn't, you know, get out of the house. So they paraded across her garden. Got her to sit up. And she saw everybody. And she felt part of it. And the last bit of the story is um, she was very weak. So... She mustered up as much strength as she could. And Bob went to her and he says, what do you want to do? And she says, I feel like being naughty. I want to throw toilet paper into someone's tree. That's really something I've never done before. I want to do this. So he says, great. So he takes her outside. They've got toilet rolls galore. And they start, I don't want to say paint, but they start decorating this one neighbor's, obviously just the neighbor because they can't go far just decorating this tree with toilet paper. Now, I heard that in America it's a felony. So, yeah, I, I don't know if it's you, but anyway, there he says it's, it's trouble when you do that. So, remember that. They're throwing toilet paper in the tree. Um, just a bit of backdrop. Bob is also a diplomat for the Ugandan country in America. He fell into that somehow, and there he is. So, he's got a Ugandan flag up at his house. So Bob is there. Now they're standing in his yard throwing toilet paper in the tree, and the police come. The first thing he says, I've got diplomatic immunity. <laughs> and the police guys looked at him with big eyes, and he says, no, you can't do anything to me. We're doing this. You cannot arrest us. But the policemen caught what was happening, and they saw what he was doing for the lady, and they played along. And it's so nice. And even when Bob says, when the lady eventually lost her life, They were there for her throughout all of this because they loved the person in front of them. There's a lot of other people they also love, but the person in front of them is the person who you love at that moment. Something I like about what he says is he doesn't make appointments anymore. He he just sees people. Because if I have an appointment seeing someone, you become an appointment. You don't become a person in front of me. Because I need to get to the next appointment and the next appointment. It's very interesting. Last story I want to tell you because, so that's when you see people. It's again showing love in a different way. Last story is this. So Bob gets invited to go and speak at a conference in um, Disney World. 
So the guy phones him and he says, listen, you go and pray, and yeah, if you need to come to the conference, and, um, you know, and Bob says, no, 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 you pray, I'm coming, because Disneyland, you don't pray about that, you just come, you know, so you just come to the conference. So he gets there, and he says, he's a, he's a, he's a yellow cab driver, he's not a guy for big things, but this guy says, someone will come and fetch you at the airport, and here stops a limousine, and a guy gets out in a suit, older guy, and he lets him in, and they start driving. Bob cannot keep quiet, so he starts talking to the guy, gets to know him, and eventually he says to this guy, listen, but you're close to retirement and you've done this so long. Have you ever sit in the back while someone drives you? And the guy says, there's no way I'm doing this because, you know, I'll get fired. And Bob says, that's when I almost jumped through that little window and I said, are they going to fire you just before you retire? <laughs> so he... He sort of, because he's a lawyer, convinced the guy. They stopped the car. He put the cap on, and he started driving. And there they go. And when they got to the place, they stopped. And this guy got out, and Bob still had his cap on. And I want to read this to you, because I think if I tell this story in this way, it's not going to do it justice. Please take note. I'm going to try and do it the best I can. So Bob, after this guy gets out of the car, he says, I carry medals with me all the time. You see, it's just a bit different. They don't say anything on them. I'm a lawyer, so the medals mean whatever I say they mean. I opened the door and let the limo driver friend out the back seat. He stood up and straightened his jacket, and I was still wearing his hat. I pinned my medal on his chest and said, listen to this, you're brave. You're courageous. You're foolhardy. Did you see how I took that last turn? I spoke words of truth and affirmation to him with a smile. I patted him on the chest, gave him a hug, and walked into the hotel. When the limo driver went home that night to the woman he's been living with for the past 10 years, do you think he told her that he's met a Christian guy that day who told him he was supposed to get married? Of course not. I bet, you he told, I bet you he told her he'd met a guy who told him who he was. That's our job. It's always been our job. We're supposed to just love the people in front of us. We're the ones to tell them who they are. We don't need to spend as much time as we do telling people what we think about what they are doing. Loving people doesn't mean we need to control their conduct. The big difference between the two. Loving people means caring without an agenda. As soon as we have an agenda, it's not love anymore. It's acting like you care to get someone to do what you want or what you think God wants them to do. Do less of that and people will see a lot less of you and more of Jesus. Last bit. Talk behind each other's backs constantly. Cool. Just talk about the right stuff. Talk about Jesus. Talk about grace. Talk about love and acceptance. People don't grow where they are informed. They grow where they are loved and accepted. Talk about who people are becoming and who you see them turning into. And give people medals. Lots of medals. Medals can be in different forms. The people around us should be walking around looking like the chairman of the Joint of Chiefs of Staff. They should jingle when they walk. Listen to this. It is this simple. 
If there's anything you take home tonight, remember this. It is this simple. I want people to meet you and me and feel like they've just met everybody in heaven. I want to leave at, at that tonight. When I meet someone again, are they going to feel like they've just met everybody in heaven? Am I going to walk past someone and say, I don't have time right now because I need to get to my next meeting. I know we need to get to work. I know we need to live. We, life happens. But am I so rushed in life that I don't have time? Like Jesus says, I'll come to your house. I'll pray for that girl to get healed. And on the way there, someone else needs help as well. And Jesus are there for that person too and just loves the person in front of them. Are we going to be that people for the people around us? And it starts with the person next to you tonight. If I can look in you in the eye, and while I'm talking to you, if you come to the host table and Stephen with his loving eyes just look at you, and you say, hi, I'm new here, and Stephen goes, oh, I can see it. <laughs> and he just loves you so much in that moment that you feel, I don't want to ever go any place else again. I feel loved in this place. Because Stephen's an extrovert. He loves loving people. I always joke with him like that. He really steps out of his comfort zone. I take my hat off for this guy. He's really so cool. Love the person in front of you every day. Be intentional about it. So I want to leave that with you tonight, and I want to pray for us. I want to pray that the Lord will open our eyes, that the Holy Spirit will awaken in our hearts, that we will notice the person in front of us being who they are, so that we can show them who we have. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we have an opportunity here on earth, <laughs> not because we are so good, but because of you, Jesus, that we can love people around us, that we can love the person in front of us and show your love to the world. If we try and show our love, Lord, it's going to be a huge balls up. But if we show your love, people will feel like they've met everybody in heaven. So I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, that you will awaken our hearts. Show us the person in front of us. Show us who you want, to love, want us to love tonight. Who do you want us to love tomorrow? Who do you want us to love in the moment? Father, I pray that from our Love relationship between us and you, seeing how much you love us. We'll love the person in front of us more every day. I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> if you're needing prayer for anything, um, we have people who'd be willing to pray with you. They're going to be on this side of the front. So you're welcome to come to the front. And just a reminder for the first-time visitors, you meet Stephen over there at that table. But from us, have a blessed week, guys.